Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of bringing my dear friend, Mr. Charles Hernandez from San Antonio, Texas. Charles, thank you so much for uh, jumping on this call, man. Uh, as such a sure notice. This is something we've been planning now for, for a year at least. Uh, but man, you're a busy man and, and I've also been busy. So uh, thank you for being here, Charles. Much, much welcome, man. Thank you for inviting me. Charles, so tell me something, man. Who are you? Like, where do you come from? Tell me about, I want to know everything from the time you came into this world. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not everything, man. But, uh, you know, man, I grew up in what I tell people, um, Violentville, USA, man. That's how I grew up on the street, man. And um, I know every part of the street. I know the street very well. And you know, made a lot of mistakes in my life and um, some were intentional, some were not. And then, uh, you know, I found my way into school. Um, I, I went to school. I got my degree from University of Texas here in San Antonio because I wanted my son to see that anybody can, can make it. That was my main purpose. And he also graduated from the University of Texas now. So that was my that was my purpose of getting educated. But in the process of doing that, you know, I had, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had different businesses. I had a nightclub at one time and I've gone up, I've gone down, I've gone up, I've gone down, made a lot of mistakes. You know, as you know, we're not, we're not, we weren't the benefits of social media back then. So if you lost, you lost hard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I got into the mortgage business in very early 2000s. I, um, I ran some broker shops and and uh, and uh, mortgage banks, and then I was doing very well at that. I got destroyed during the crash. I didn't see it coming. Went through a uh, went through a spell of depression. Gained a lot of weight uh, during that time. You know, I, I really put my creative financing skills to work, facilitating private transactions between investors and private private lenders. And then I started HPHS. In 2012, that's when Michael um, married my daughter, and um, we just started building HPHS from the ground up, you know, in a small little 10 by 10 room. It was just he and I for like five years, and, and just banging out deals, realty. We started with realty, and uh, we started hitting a lot, of, uh, a lot of fix and flips, and then we started getting into wholesaling. And then we just started putting uh, credit financing. Uh, that was my, my main thing, credit financing, into play. We started uh, portfolioing properties, portfolioing, portfolioing. Then in 2016, we decided to build a team. And we've had our ups and downs with that, you know. Um, we've we've, we've uh, deconstructed the team several times. And now we're here, man. We're just, we're just, we're on our way, man. I mean, like everybody else, you know. I tell everybody... Success comes to people at their own time. Everybody's time is different. You know, some people get success really, really quick at a young age, and that's fabulous. Some people get, get success and fall apart and up and down. That's been my story, but I never quit, man, so I'm here. Man, you know what? I, I don't know if you heard me typing here, uh, Charles, but uh, I had to type what you just said. I mean – that was a major nugget, <laughs> what you just mentioned there. Uh, success comes to people at different times. You could not be more assertive 
when you say that uh, because everybody's trying to, you know, trying to, you know, mimic someone else. Or if they see, if they see you, uh, some people want to achieve your success, but they don't want to put the time and efforts and sweat and tears that you actually put throughout your life. Right. They just want that, that microwave success, which is, let me go ahead and get warmed up real quick. And in two minutes, boom, here I get it. Success is delivered to me. Right. Um, and, and, you know, understanding what you just said, Charles, is so, so important, uh, not only for, for up and coming people that are brand new in this business, but for people that have been in this business for a long time, struggling and, and trying to find their way into what is it that works. And you talked about, you know, building a team, deconstructing the team, rebuilding the team, deconstructing the team. And a lot of people don't understand that when you are in the real estate business, especially if you are a wholesaler uh, and you're doing a lot of deals that are coming through the pipeline, that is something you're going to be doing every year, every year. I don't care who you are. You, I have never seen a team that's stuck together for a very long time, all, all of the team. Maybe the core team will, but not a team as a whole. So, but before we get into real estate, man, I want to go back to your upbringings, okay? You mentioned that um, you grew up in the streets. Where, where was exactly, where were the streets at for you? Where was that at? Was very, very young, um, New Orleans, you know. I was born in New Orleans. My dad's family is from there. So, <laughs> I mean, I can remember being a small little kid on the street. I mean, because it was it was different back then, you know, in the early 70s, you know, um, parents had to work, you know, especially minorities. You know, we just, I guess, opportunities weren't as, as um, you know, they, 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 there was not a lot of opportunity back then. Yeah, it wasn't easy to yeah. find the opportunities. Yeah. Then, of course, uh, you know, we moved back to Texas. Uh, we were in Houston for a while. And then in Corpus. Um, I mean, really, to, what I can tell you is this about my young past is very destructive. Very, uh, you know, my, my, my good friend at the age, I was eight years old. And my little best friend, who was nine, right in front of me was shot right in the face you know wow and what, so, what was this in houston or corpus oh this was corpus yeah corpus yeah corpus yeah. was a rough area man i lived there for four years and um there are good parts of corpus but there are some parts that are really 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 bad um well i was in the bad ones and uh leopard street or what <laughs> uh, very close yeah i know yeah. i know yeah. corpus very well <laughs> um we we lived in the cut you know what the, remember the cut is yeah. you know, it's right there by the refineries and uh you know it was uh it was rough man and and um you know i got involved you know i wasn't a dumb kid man i was pretty smart but you know i was i was uh i grew up fighting all the time my stepdad put me in boxing because he thought that would that would, you know, strain you up. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the, the problem with the problem with learning a skill like that and growing up in a very violent area is what's going to happen. You start using that skill. And, and so, man, I just you got I got worse. Um, and, and um, you know, man, I got involved in stuff that I shouldn't have got involved in, to be honest with you. Yeah. And and, uh, and eventually, you know, I went, to, I went to the army. I had no choice. You know, I actually was sitting in front of a judge and the judge was basically telling me you either go to the army or you go to jail. So I, I, 
I picked the I picked the army. I would have picked the army too, no but, problems. <laughs> you know, and uh, even when I was in the army, man, I mean, for a long time, I was very ashamed to 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 admit this, but I didn't get a dishonorable discharge, but I got a general discharge. Yeah, I got a general discharge because I had seventeen fights while I was in there. Wow, and they just they just got tired of me, and um, so 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 that didn't end. You know, as as I'm not proud of that. Um, I, I continue to make mistakes, you know, um, throughout my young life. I, I was always running businesses. I opened up a nightclub. I didn't have the best people around me, you know. I mean, uh, I didn't have any mentors back then. I mean, growing up as a young Latino, I mean, you don't, you know, you're just, you're just trying to do stuff by your bootstraps, man. And, and you don't have a lot of guidance. Like today, people have a lot of guidance, man. They can take advantage of social media, they can take advantage by looking at people that are doing stuff. You don't have that stuff back then. And uh, that's why today when I hear people say, man, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you don't know what to do. Well, shit, there's a thing called Google, Bing, and and, and YouTube. Man, there's, there's there's so much people can do today. And so, so, so when somebody tells me that, I find that very depressing for them. Not for me, but for them, you know, and, and I try to point them in the right direction. Um, eventually I got into school and, uh, so how, what, made, what made you decide to go to school? Like, I, I understand that you wanted to show your son, right. Uh, what to do or whatnot, but how was you coming from the streets when you're in the streets, man, you never think about going to school. You're thinking about whatever, but the last, the last thought is I'm going to go to school. What made you like make that shift and said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get me a college degree now. Because I didn't want to be a gangster. <laughs> okay, so you decided, you found out what you didn't want to be. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I decided, like, man, do I want to be a, just another Latino? Do I want to be just another, I want to be a thug? Do I want to be a gangster? Do I want to be, you know, on the street all my life? Do I want to get all tatted up and stuff? Not that I have anything it's tat, tat tattoos or anything. Yeah, but, it but was, it's the image that comes with it, right? Yeah. Or do I want to do something with my life, you know? And so what had kept me, actually, what had kept me out of school, Ricardo, to be honest with you, man, it was something so simple, man, was I didn't understand the difference between three credits and three hours. And I never wanted to ask. I was afraid. I didn't want to look stupid. And I tell everybody today, because I do these, I, I, I do, I go talk to kids here in San Antonio. I do it privately, you know, I, for the schools and stuff. And, and, uh, and what I tell them is don't be scared, man. Don't be scared to ask questions. Fear will keep you from what you want to do. And, 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 and I said, it, and, and by asking a question and you get the answer to it, it'll release you. And so that kept me out of school for many, many years. And eventually I started school and I graduated from the University of Texas here in San Antonio. I got a few undergrad degrees, you know, associates. I, I got a paralegal uh, certification and I just, once I started learning, I started going to school, man, like my mind opened up, you know, my mind opened up to everything. So a lot of people today say school's not worth it. Uh, and I get that. I get it. But for me, I tell everybody, man, you know, it doesn't matter what type of education you get, whether it's a university or whether it's entrepreneurial, you, you need to always be advancing. So I never stopped learning to this day. I'm always a student. I'm a student to this day. I wanted to be a better role model for my son. 
I, I, I had to be a better role model to my son. I wanted him to have a better life. And, and uh, you know, I don't take credit for what my son has done. But today, he has, he has a, a degree from the University of Texas in accounting. He works at USAA, one of the top offices. He's married to his beautiful wife, fixing to be a lawyer. And uh, I'm not saying that I had anything to do with that. What I'm saying is, no, you I did. Had, I'm telling you right now, you did have a lot to do with it because you set well, the example, right? So I, I'm, I'm proud of him. What I say is, if I had anything to do with it, then the struggle for me was worth it because I wanted to show him that no matter what you do, where you come from, you can always make a change. Yep. And so I accomplished that, I think. And I'm proud of him. And so I say that to everybody. I say that to anybody and anybody who grows up hard, man. It's your decision. It doesn't matter what you do, where you come from, unless there's a few things that I don't agree with that, that uh, of course, I will not let anybody in my office. And those things are, you know, for example, rapists, child molesters, and stuff like that, right? But but um, but I tell everybody, but you make a mistake, man. We all make mistakes. It's what you do after the fact that yeah. counts. So, so I tell everybody, everybody, everybody if, you, if you want a chance and earn it. Man, so. I agree. That, that, that was, that's great wisdom, by the way, Charles. And I, I, I don't agree with the people that are out there bashing college and corporate America. Okay. Uh, I, I see it all the time on social media. Why are you going to go get a job for $12 an hour? Or why are you going to go get a college degree? Because it's part of your growing. You have to grow up. You can't really go be, or some people do. I'm not going to say nobody does, but there are some people that go jump and be a CEO by the age of 22 or whatnot, and they make it. But that's very abnormal. For, for the majority of the people, we have to go through college. We have to go through a job. We have to learn systems in place. We have to learn how to honor that jobs, you know, time that we're getting paid for. Um, so, So I'm the guy that I don't hate on corporate. Number one, I'm, I'm running at my own corporate corporation. So how am I going to hate on corporate? I can't, <laughs> you know, I'm providing jobs for people and stuff. Right. Um, you know, and, and so will that new CEO that will come up, you know, eventually uh, owning their own business. So there's got to be a little bit of a mind shift in, into how we treat college and, and corporate when from an entrepreneurial uh, type and you described it perfectly. You said, look, I don't know if I, if I, um, you know, if I did anything for myself, but what you did is you set the right example. It's like, look, I went and got my degree. I got out of the streets. That's a huge example to set, you know, to go from the streets into thinking, I don't want to be a thug anymore. And now I want to be something else. Um, and then for you to show it to, 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 to the, the ones that are coming after you, it, it speaks a lot about your character, right? So, so anyhow, fast forward, you got your degree. What do you do after you got your degree? Well, like, what was that like? Like, what was the next step? Like, I got into, um, so, you know, man, let me, let me just touch on this something real quick. For anybody that's out there listening, having a hard time, and if you come from where I come from, or if you come, if, you don't, if that life is foreign to you, it, it, whatever struggles you're going through, man, you have to understand that. Whatever you're coming from, it's always going to be pulling at you, man. It's going to be pulling at you and pulling at you and trying to bring you back to where you were at because that's what you're used to. And the struggle was real, man. And you know that, Ricardo. You've been through a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. And um, you, you have to you, – you may not find success, the success that you want to find, 
But I guarantee you one thing, if you don't fight for it, you'll never get close to it, you know? And, and so I say that to people all the time, man, if I leave this world tomorrow and you know, I almost did this past year when I had the COVID, I was okay, man. I was like, you know what? I'm okay. You know, I, 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 I always tell people I owe life. I owe life. So I, I try to live my life today, but I always try to share, give, help because I owe life. And I want to leave this place. I want to leave this place one day. And if I leave this place and people say, man, that guy, man, that guy, I remember, man, he helped me, man. He helped me change. He helped me change my direction. And that's how I live my life. And I mean, we're in the business to make money, but at the same time, I believe that that you should you should try to help other people. And that's that's how I move forward on that. To answer your question, so knowing that I wanted to do something with my life, I was thinking, okay, do I go into a professional job? Will anybody take me because I have a degree now? You know, um, you know, I, I you know, you know, I, I don't have a pedigree. You know, I have a spotted background. You had a lot of limiting beliefs. Yeah, but you know what? You know what I did, man. I said I'm gonna make some shit happen, man. And so, uh, so I looked for a company that was that was on the move, fast pace, fast pace. And it took me a while to find one. I found this company. Uh, it was called I3 Solutions. They were out of Dallas, and the guy was he was good, man. He was a good guy. He was he was starting this credit restoration company that was associated with World Savings, and World Savings were promoting them. And that was a very large bank before the crash. And, and, uh, and we got to, we, you know, I was brought on board. I had a lot of hustle. I was young and I was, man, I was right away. I was closing more deals than anybody here in San Antonio and South Texas region. And I was top producing just like a lot of these young bucks that we get now. That was me back then, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and uh, that's why Manny reminds me a lot of myself, you know, because I was like that boom, boom, boom all the time, man. And, uh, you know, I got to learn a lot about credit and that led me that segue I mean segued me into mortgages because I got I, I had to go to mortgage offices and present our products and stuff like that. And then uh, you know I started bringing deals to them and before I knew it I just told one of the branch managers I said, "Hey, you know, I want to I want to learn this business, man." And and I did. I so I would I would work at one job and then I would come to this job and I would be there working for free. I worked for free for like six months, and I would I would say I want to learn the systems. I will work all I work all your systems, teach me them, and I run all your files through through Loan Prospector and Desktop Underwriter, and I, I would learn, I would run all the files all behind the scenes. They would do the originating, I run all the files. But my plan was to learn all the back information so that I can run an office. And sure enough, man, within a year I had my own office, and I, I had loan officers working under me. Cause I got that good because I got better than the people that they had in place. And then I had another office and then I was managing a mortgage bank. Man, by the time I knew before the crash hit, I probably had maybe 30, 35 loan officers working six, six, uh, uh, um, um, processors. I had two small offices, a large office, and it was going great. I had uh, accounts with different lenders across the country and then the crash came, and I didn't see it coming. The crash is, uh, you're talking about 2008, right? Yeah, I got destroyed, man. I got destroyed. Um, and when you come from the streets and you make a lot of money, you have a lot of success, and then you get destroyed like that, it's very hard, man. It's very hard. I took it hard. 
And and uh, and then and so I had to file bankruptcy twice. I lost a lot of stuff. Almost lost my marriage, and uh, lost you know toys and stuff. That's why like today, like that shit don't matter to me. You know, like you know, I, you know, I have I have a few Rolexes. That's the, the all thing, I have. The thing is, Charles, once once Classic. you know once you know what it takes to get it right. It's not so much about getting it. It's more about keeping it. Yeah. You know, like, how do you keep the stuff that you have, right? And and probably when you were younger, you were leveraging your eyeballs out, you know, mm -hmm. uh, buying everything on credit, you know, uh, you know, financing this and financing that. And and what, I don't know what kind of toys you had back then, but um, and, but it comes to the point to where you learned, you learned the lesson. And you value certain things a lot more than the material things that you may acquire. Uh, like I value more my peace of mind now than I do stuff or even a house, like a simple house. Like I sold my house not long ago. Um, my wife was having a tough time going through that, but I, I wasn't. I was like, look, in order for me to grow from where we're come from, because I did get hit just like you did. Um, but you start appreciating other things that are more important than just material things. By the way, material things are awesome because you get to enjoy them. You play with them. I'm not hating on toys by any means. If you want to go get toys, perfect, do it. But you have to do it right. You know, if I'm going to have a toy, I'm going to own that thing outright. There's not going to be a loan on it. I'm not going to owe a dime on it. That's the way I'm moving forward with my toys. Um, so, so tell me a little bit. So do you have properties at the time when you got hit with a crash or were you actually buying and leveraging? Cause back then, man, if you breathe, you can get a loan. Yeah. So yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I specialized actually running shops that did govy loans. So I always saw a lot of govy loans. I didn't do a lot of, uh, conventionals, but somewhere late in 2007, when we, when I did open a conventional shop up, I noticed that. I was, you know, I threw up, we threw up a file. It just had a name, a social, an address, and that's it. And a 560 credit score, and it got approved for 100% financing. Wow. And that was late 2007, and I thought to myself, what is going on? And so I kind of felt like, man, something's going on. And so, so yeah, man, up until then, so back then there was a lot of traditional lenders. Yeah. They were very highly invested in, in, uh, and doing investment loans. And there were specialized banks that did that. And so I was really good at doing a lot of creative stuff, like silent second, silent third, you know, uh, 80, 10, tens. A lot of people don't know what that stuff is, you know, 80, 15, fives with a silent second. And, and I got, I got, I was, I was partnering with a lot of different investors putting those deals together. So I had interest in quite a few deals and I had a few properties myself, but when the, when the, when the market crashed, those lenders went away. And so a lot of these deals, we put them into adjustable mortgages so we can get a lower rate, right? Season them for six, seven, 12 months. And then we'd be able to cash them on, cash out the equity, right? And so and so when, when uh, those banks went away, those opportunities to refinance those transactions went away too. The same thing with, with uh, people that were refinancing into home equity loans, those banks went away. So, so I did, I lost properties, I lost liquid funds, I had massive amount of business debt, you know, leases, credit accounts, you know, because uh, we used to pull credit a lot. And so what people don't understand, guys, is this, man. 
A lot of times people think that a million dollars, two million dollars is a lot of money. Trust me. Trust me, man. Two million dollars, like two point three million dollars, it's nothing. Because that's what I lost. Like that. I just it was just going. And at first it was like, it's cool. I'll make it up. It's cool. It was just going and going. And I was I wasn't nervous. But then it's like the floodgates opened up. And it was just pouring out, man. Just stuff I had to be paying and settling and settling that, settling this lease, settling that lease. And, and I felt comfortable doing it because I felt like I could, I, I would be also to have a bounce back, but the market never corrected itself. Not immediately. It didn't. And then the government stepped in, just took all the, just, just took all the money out of doing loans. And, and so I, I, I had to get away from running broker shops. So yeah, man, I got, to, I got destroyed big time. And um, well, then that's when I went into, into facilitating creative financing transactions between private lenders and investors, but got really, you had to get really creative at doing those deals because the banks weren't doing them. And so that's really where I learned all that creative stuff. And then, and then of course, like I said, I, I started HPHS after that. Did you have somebody that kind of like lead you the way that taught you a little bit on how to do some of this crazy creative financing stuff, or that's something that you started kind of like doing on your own, uh, winging it pretty much like. Well, in 2005, six, Six and seven, I you know I did meet quite a few people. They were they were getting creative with. Uh, so where it all started for me on the credit side, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. So what happened was I used to see over I used to oversee broker shops that did gubby loans, and back then you had down payment assistance programs like Nehemiah and stuff like that, and 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 we would get real creative, man, with uh, with putting people into hundred percent loans on FHA, and people were saying, "What are you talking about, hundred percent loan?" So, so you would get real creative with figuring out how to do alternative lines of credit, how to get NMI money to pay for down payment, pay for, pay for, uh, for all the closing costs, and, and, and that's where my mind opened up uh, that you could get creative with doing transactions and stay legal. And so, when when that segue into doing uh, conventional deals, and then eventually private deals, and then that, that's really where it all started for me. And I did meet some people along the way that, that uh, dropped some nuggets on me. I took those nuggets and I just started combining strategies together. And, and that's how, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm the best at doing creative financing, but that's how I learned a lot of those, those tricks, you know. Good to know, man. So you started HBHS, what, 2012, you said? 2012. Uh, I will say before I, I jump into that, you know, I, 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 when the internet was young for me in 2000, early 2000s, I spent a lot of time, guys, researching because I felt like I was behind. I always felt like I was behind. Even today, I feel like I'm behind. I feel like, man, I spent a lot of time. I spent, I wasted a lot of time, you know what I'm saying, in my youth. And so I'm always feel like I'm behind the ball. So I'm always studying. I'm always reading up. I'm always doing something. I'm always learning. I'm always learning a new strategy or delegating. And so along the way, I, 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 I learned, you know, the creative financing and I also learned how to do breadcrumbing. So I got really good at finding people and learning and getting really good at finding people allowed me to do other deals. And so I'm always looking, in my mind, I'm always looking, okay, how can I get to that deal? What can I do to get that deal faster? And that's just how it snowballed. And yeah, in 2012, that's when I uh, started HBHS. That's good, man. So what was uh, HBHS purpose back then? Like you started as a, as a brokerage or... I started HBHS as a brokerage, um, so 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 I would get a lot of leads, man. So a lot of agents knew me, 
I would get a lot of real estate leads. And, and so I was still doing the credit financing stuff, but I said, you know what? That's another revenue stream. So I started HPHS and I hired a bunch of agents and we just started knocking out deals. And then Michael came on board real shortly right after that. Uh, he was dating my daughter and, and, and we were talking about a deal. He had moved to San Antonio. He was, he was still in the army and USAA, he was trying to do a VA loan. USAA was uh, telling him he needed to put 10% down and pay like 7,000 closing costs. And I said, Michael, I said, look, I'm going to show you how to do this deal from my kitchen table. You're going to do this deal, 100% financing, and I'm going to get you all your money back. And, and, and with, with the exception of your inspection, uh, inspection report. And, and so I called a few friends of mine and sure enough, man, he popped the deal. And then, so that's where the, the, the light went off in his head. He was like, man, how did you get this done? So we started talking. I started explaining to him how the, how the business ran. And then I just said, Hey, look, would you like to start do real estate? And, um, he finally jumped in, he got his license. And then we started, started knocking out deals and it's Michael's first three years. Perfectly honest with you, man. His first three years, man, he knocked over 50 deals his first three years. I think one year he got like 62 deals in his first three years when he was doing real estate. And that's unheard of. Wow. That's, that's unheard of. And uh, he was working full time at the base and doing real estate after he got off work and on the weekend. So when that's why I tell you, Ricardo, when people tell me like they can't do it. Yeah, there's no excuses. They can't find a way. And I'm just like, guys. Me and Mike, you know, uh, my daughter was having a baby. We're in there, you know, not, not when she's having the baby, we're in there talking deals. You know, I was getting married. I'm in the limo in Vegas. I got married in Vegas. I'm in the phone doing a deal. My wife's looking at me like, the fuck? Excuse my language. <laughs> and, and that's, you got to live it, man. You got to live it. Now, not everybody has to do it the way we do it. But if you just do it half, if you just live it halfway, hundred percent. Just give it that hundred. Just say, just give the halfway or whatever you're going to give to it. Give it a hundred percent. Even if it's halfway, you'll have success. But if, but if you're not even willing to do that, then that's why people don't have success, man, because it's not going to come to you. You got to go get it. Wow. Look, man, uh, that, that was a major nugget you dropped in there for, for, and you, and uh, you know, Charles, you say a lot, I don't do this motivational shit. I'm not here to motivate you, but watch it, man, because what you just did is you're motivating people. So you, 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 without you knowing it, you're inspiring people to go and, and, and tackle deals and, and learn and do what they need to be doing so, so they can overcome all the challenges. So one, one thing I'm taking right now is that since you were a very young kid, you've been overcoming challenges all your life right and that's one of the main reasons that why you're successful today and 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 probably sometimes and i know you a personal charles so i know you probably don't see yourself that way but you are actually the light that shines for a lot of people right uh especially when they start coming on to you for wisdom uh because how do you really gain wisdom it's through experience through failures and setbacks If you didn't go through your setbacks in 2008, in 2007, in 2009, you would have never maybe learned how to digest a lot of that, you know, what to do next in life. You know, how do you prepare for your life after that? Uh, how do you fix your credit? How do you fix your relationship? 
uh, with your wife. Because when, man, I'm telling you right now, when starvation comes through the window, love, love lives through the door. It's just that fast, right? So, um, so if you guys are listening to this podcast, uh, Charles is pretty much opening up and, and he's, uh, he's being very vulnerable in all his, uh, struggles, man. And I appreciate you for that, Charles. I will say this to you, you know, cause you and I talked and you gave me some advice the other day, you know, cause I've been going hard at this a long time, man. And, um, I gotta give a shout out to my wife, my beautiful wife, man. She's, she's been through thick and thin. She stuck it out, man. And she seen me go up, she seen me go down, go up, go down. We've had our struggles. We've had our setbacks. We've had our pain, our hurt, our regrets, you know, and, uh, you know, man, I got to give it up to her, man. I got to give it up to her. And I say to anybody, if you have a significant other, um, I, if I had to do it all different again, Ricardo, I, I, I regret, you know what I regret most, man, is I regret most that I didn't, I didn't spend more time with my wife. You know, something that I'm doing now that you and I have talked about and I've changed my whole routine like this. I just made a change because her and I talked and I, and I realized, you know what? She's telling me what the problem is. And, and when a woman tells you this is the problem, you need to listen. So what she was telling me is, hey, you're not spending time with me. I'm tired of this. And you know what? So I just said, hey, I get home now. It's 8.30. I put the phone down. I don't touch it. I get up now at 5 in the morning with her. And I just changed my whole thing. You know why? Because at the end of the day, none of, none of this that I'm doing it's going to be worth it if, it's, if I'm not with her at the end. Wow. I, love, I love my wife. So, you know, I've talked to you about this. I asked your counsel, your advice about this. And so I've changed my whole routine about this, man, you know, and, and um, you know. Man, I love it, man. And, and guys, for you guys that are watching this, um, <laughs> you gotta, you better be taking notes because all of the time we find ourselves grinding, grinding, grinding. I got to go make it happen. I need the money or I got to make money or whatever, because money, let's be real. Money is like oxygen. Try to go without it <laughs> and see how, how far away you get. Right. Um, but what Charles is telling you right now is that you got to pay attention to your significant other. Right. And your significant other has got to be on board with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If they're not on board with what you're doing, I'm sorry, but it's just not gonna work out. It's, 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 there's gonna be struggles. There's gonna be, uh, you know, days that you're gonna show up and you had a big win that day because you closed on a big deal or you pulled off a big business transaction or whatnot, and you get home and they're not, they're not on board with you because they don't, they don't think what you're doing is worth or they think they're more important, whatever. So you have to find a balance, um, you know, yeah. in between the two. You know. Uh... You're exactly right. You know, my wife said to me, look, I don't care about the money and I don't care about the stuff you buy me. Cause I buy her a lot of stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and she's like, what I care about is do you care about me. That's it. And, and, and I thank you Ricardo, because in the last few weeks, I made all these changes that have been, that I have been running one way and one way only since I've been with my wife for 17 years. And that's a hundred miles an hour. And I had to change the way I do that. And, and I appreciate you uh, sharing your counsel with me for the last several weeks because I'm really happy now. And, and I'm really happy that... That, uh, that she's happy. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that she's happy, right? Because if she's not happy, then why, why are we doing all of this for? Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, 
to go back to somebody that's mad at you or have animosity at the, uh, in your own house or your kids are not looking at you the same way because daddy's not spending enough time with the kids or the grandkids. Now, in your case, you got grandkids already. Um, so, so yeah, you have to find a balance and, and it's okay. You have to sacrifice for a little bit, right? But eventually you have to find that balance. Uh, you yeah. got to find a balance. So let's fast forward, Charles. Let's fast forward to blowing up HBHS, right? So you started with Mike on a, on a, on a 10 by 10 office, pretty much. Mike was part-time, you were full-time. Um, and then today, I love going to your office, by the way, because I see the energy, I see monitors, you got videos, you got people dialing, you got people texting, agents on the side, you got a podcast room, you have a kitchen where they're hanging out and eating and talking all the time. The culture and the energy is beautiful uh, in HBHS. And how do you, like, how did it come about to, to growing it to where it's at right now? Like, and I know you just kind of like deconstructed it a little bit, but it, it, it it's, it's kind of like a, like an accordion. The accordion opens up and down, opens up and down. Right. I think when that, you um, that shift. I think that, uh, you have to be, you have to be open to change, man. You know, um, change is scary for a lot of people. And it's scary for me, you know, but, you know, a lot of times what people see, they see just the glamorous part of, of the real estate stuff, primarily wholesaling. You know, that's what most people promote. Right. And it's a good business. You know, we do a lot of stuff besides wholesaling. Um, that's what people see, you know? And, and so we do conduct ourselves in a way here in my office where everybody has respect for each other. We try to create, uh, um, a family type of bond where we all hold each other accountable. I tell everybody, if you come here, I can, I, I can, I can guarantee you this. If I pick you to be an HBHS, one, I will teach you what I know. Okay, which, which, if you find value in that, then that's fantastic because you're gonna take, be able to take this knowledge, and nobody will ever be able to take it from you. You can use it anytime you want in your life, you know, because this type of business, once you learn it. Nobody can take it from you because you have it. I said, uh, I can share with you systems, data, processes, all that stuff. I said, but what I can't give you is I can't give you the hustle, man. I can't give you the no quit attitude. I said, only you can bring that. I said, and if you can't, if you can't find a way to bring that, that eventually it's not going to be me that tells you to leave because you're going to leave on your own because you're not going to make it. And see, and to make it in this business, you have to be willing to bring it every day. You got to be able to check your problems at the door and you got to bring it every single day, whether you're SMSing, whether you're cold calling, whether you're knocking on doors, whether you're driving for dollars, whatever you're doing, you have to be able to bring it because this is how you make your living. This is how you're trying to do something. You're trying to change something about your whole life so they, it can affect your wife, your kids, your grandkids, you know. And 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 so I tell all these guys every single day, if you walk in here, I walk out there sometimes and I'll go up to each one of them. I'm like, hey, what's going on with you? How are you doing? What's going on? Okay, how are you feeling? All right, get up, shake it off. Let's go. And so and and and, and the reason I do that is because I need them to know that their game's on, man. You got a uniform, you're in the game. I tell them sometimes, I said, look, this imagine this like 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 the like the like the um, 
the you know the baseball teams when they go to the pennant, right? There's a whole bunch of they, there's a whole bunch of baseball teams from all over the country. I say, I'm not saying we're the best. Maybe we're the damn Cleveland Indians. I don't know. Maybe we're the we're the we're the Chicago Cubs. I don't know. But we, what I do know is you have a uniform. You're playing in the game. And, and, and if we make it to the pennant, then you got to show out, man, at your position. Because once you get to this level where you're dealing with a team, you're dealing with a, a company that's on the rise, everybody has to play their part. Because if one person's not playing their part, then it's hurting the rest of the team. And so that's how I run the business. You know, um, I, I, I'm real big about them, about loyalty, character, integrity. You know, those things are real, real important to me. I have a zero tolerance. I have a very zero tolerance for malicious or or or, or intentional negligence. Um, you know, I don't I don't tolerate that at all, man. And uh, I am good by giving people second chances if they make a mistake, we get third chances. But I'm not I'm not very good at uh, giving people a second chance when they do something that's malicious. So that's how I run HPHS. That's how Mike and I run it. And um, we got a lot of guys that have been with us for a long time. We've lost some people. We've asked some people to step aside, and we get new people. Some people make it. Some people don't. Carter, you know that. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. It's part of the business, right? Uh, um, and, and the reality is, is that as a leader, you have the ability to rebuild and reshape however you want to move forward, right? Um, and and I, I agree with you 100%. I'm actually, if in my, in my opinion, anybody that's malicious within our operation doesn't make it. Like, literally, they... They, they just don't because you can't allow for that kind of stuff to happen. You know what I mean? So um, it, does. Yeah. it happens, man. I've had some really good people, you know, I've had some really good people, man, that, that, and you know what the problem is, man, you know, Ricardo, we've been asked this a lot of times, Charles, aren't you afraid to teach people what you know? And, and I say this to them, look, I share a lot of information with people, you know, and you know, we do private mentoring and, and, and coaching like yourself, you know, but I'm talking about the people in our group, the people that we, we, we run our colors with, right? I know you're not afraid to teach people. I'm not afraid to teach people. You can't be afraid to teach people what you know, because what you should be afraid of is that they stay and they don't know, then, then what good are they to the team? So the, the problem with that concept is that it's a strong, strong, a strong concept to, to propel yourself forward. The problem with it is that you never know what the integrity value of a person's inner core is that will then take that and then stab you in the back. Yeah, we we now when we do our interview process, Charles, we actually uh, we ask uh, certain questions to be able to to raise the red flags, to pinpoint those red flags through the interview, right? Um, integrity questions, those kind of things, and. And uh, if we don't feel that the person is telling us the truth or being truthful about the answer, we just don't consider them, period. Um, you know, they, yeah, they- and, and I agree with that. I mean, I, I try to give everybody a chance, you know, um, if I feel they're good, you know, if I feel like they got the smoke, they got the hustle. But, you know, like I've talked to you about this before, man. I've had a few that have cut me hard and, and it hurts because you're like, damn. Yeah, you treat them like your children. I mean, they're like your children, you know. Um, they're like your kids. And when they do something back to you, it hurts, you know, because he's like, man, I've been raising this child. Um, and this is how the child repays you back, right? 
it happens, man. And, and, you know, that goes back to change. You know, what I tell everybody is this, you know, you can't be afraid of change, man. Not one person or not you yourself is going to make or break what you're doing. You know, um, I'm going to continue to go regardless of what happens. You know what I'm saying? If I had to deconstruct everything I was doing today completely, I'm still going to land on my feet. You know why? Because I, I know how to do this business. And so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to to show people what I do. I'm not afraid to run HBHS with Michael and he and I running it together. We're not afraid, you know, because at, at worst case, if everything fell apart, and I know you've been through some of that before, yeah. um, uh, Ricardo, uh, huge, at a huge level that you've explained to me. Worst case, man, a fighter knows how to get back on his feet. And, and that's what we are. I, I really believe that, man. I, I believe that, you know, that, that it doesn't matter how many times you find success. The key thing is that if you lose it, go get it again, you know. That's why I love movies like Rocky, man. Yeah. You see Rocky getting beat down. I mean, he's blown up. And that dude, he just finds a way to just pull himself back up and and yeah. and, and, and come back around and win the fight, right? Uh, and, you know... And, you know uh, I love that part, that movie, man, where he's in a fight. He's an older guy, and that one part where he where he says, uh, "It's not, it's not uh, how hard you can take the hit. You know, it's how hard you know you get up." And I, I like that. I watch that every once in a while, man. But um, yeah, and I want to I want I want to say something, Ricardo, to to everybody. Yeah, who watch this. You know, sometimes people hear me say this and they wonder why I say it. You know, and I don't mean it in in a disparaging way to anybody. Um, I don't judge people who teach in our in our in our industry or other industries. Um, I know that people need motivation. I know you said that earlier that I, sometimes I inspire people by the way I talk and share my experiences, and I and I'm good with that. You know, I mean, I want to inspire people. When I say that I'm not down with motivational manipulation, what I'm trying to say when I say that, Ricardo, is that <clears throat> that what I see a lot of times in this business at least from our vantage point, because we're looking at the business now. We're not in the business. We're looking at the business. We see the whole thing now, you know, because I know you, you're there yourself. Um, someone that's just coming up, they don't really understand it yet. You know what I'm saying? Is what I see is uh, people who will use different tactics to, to, to motivate people mm -hmm. in a way that manipulates them to do something that, that, that now they're not fighting for their own dream. They're fighting for something you told them to do. And so, and, and, and I don't agree with that, man. I just, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent, by the way. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, completely understand where you're coming from. We both align in the same aspect, uh, selling a dream so you can sell your coaching program. You follow me? That's what they do. You know, Hey, how, how you like to come get this picky down? Imagine what you can do. This is how they do it. Right. Cause I've been through all these guru classes. Imagine how, what your life will look like if you got this $50,000 check in the next 30 days, by the way, you need to buy my coaching program. And, and maybe in 50 days you can get the $50,000 checks. Whether, and I disagree with a lot of that because they, it doesn't, they, they're not taking into account what this past life person looks like. Does, do they have the grit? Do they have the discipline? Do they, are they going to really study the material? Are they going to be consistent? You know, and, And they're leaving all of that out. You know, that's why the new set of 
educators and entrepreneurs like you and I, we're coming in and we're showing the truth. Hey, guys, this is the truth. This is yeah. what it takes. Okay? These are the bruises and all the scars that we have. But by the way, this is real and you can get there. And, you know, I find, I, I know that people are down with, you know, the hype and I, I don't do that stuff. You know, I have a hard time doing that. Um, but, but what I tell people is, look, I can, I can sell you, Anything. I can sell you, I can sell you smoke if you want. Yeah. Or I can, or I can tell you this, is how it really works, you know? Yeah. And, and, and if you want to believe in, 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 in the, in the motivational smoke, that's okay. That may get you over the hump, but what's going to get you to do the actual work is learning how to do the one, two, three. And so, you know, I, you know, I mean, I don't judge and stuff. I mean, I, I say that stuff only because we all have a right to say what we want to say. And I think that I've, I've, Michael and I have put in enough work in this business. We have a scope of work. We've been doing this for a long time. And, and I think we have the, the stripes to be able to, to be able to, um, to talk about this stuff, you know, and, and so, and, and, uh, hold on one second, Michael, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Tell him to come say hi, man. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So look, Charles, that's how this group. Yes, they hired you. What's up, Mike? How you doing? More deals than the gurus. How you doing? That's how it started, man, when we were doing this podcast. By the way, Mike, you're next, bro. I got to have you next week on the podcast. So. Sounds good to me, man. Um, I'll let you guys do it. Hey, Carl, you're going to have to cut that piece out, man. No, it's all good, bro. We'll leave it like that. Hey, so check this out, Charles. This is how more deals on the Guru started. Because one night during the pandemic, this is around March, April, I was actually having a couple of beers, watching some YouTube. That's all I do, man. I watch concerts and stuff like that. That's what plays on my TV. Concerts, music, and educational stuff that I want to learn. And I was just having a few, man. And it, this is like midnight. I don't know, maybe one o'clock in the morning. And I already had probably like ten. And uh, I I see this guy on on you on uh, Facebook flashing a like a thirty five thousand dollar check. Come check how I, how I made this check, selling the education program, right? And right there, I'm like, man, I know this clown. I know who this guy is. He's not doing a lot of deals. He got lucky by getting that one check. And now he's trying to capitalize, which, I don't, by the way, I'm not hating on the guy. But he's trying to capitalize on this check so he can sell his education that he probably put together last week. I don't even know if he put it together yet. And I said, I'm going to start a group that I'm going to show people how to do this raw just like you guys do it very similar very similar model but you guys had the midnight hustle i got more deals on the gurus and that's how more deals on the gurus started so i went and created a facebook group and i threw this little logo together actually lauren did it for me and um she asked me what do you want ricardo i said i want a million dollar check more deals on the gurus in green i want to i want to show money but I'm going to show the truth, the bad and the ugly of this business. And I'm going to show people how they can generate more uh, leads for motivated sellers. And I went and posted, a, a, made a little post, this, like not even 10 minutes after that guy sh uh, flashed that check. I said, all right, guys, I'm sick and tired of looking at people flashing checks. Who wants to come re uh, learn the real deal? We're doing 20, 30 deals a month. Uh, we're contracting because in reality, 
you hear people all the time say, oh, I'm doing 40 deals a month or I'm doing 50 deals a month. Okay, how many do you close? Yeah. That's the reality. How many do you close? Because I can get 50 contracts if I agree to pay retail to everybody. Um, and and just to have a piece of paper saying I got a contract, mm -hmm. but how many did I close? You know, you know, and you and I have had this discussion, you know, like, I mean, in, like, for example, I'm always real transparent about our stuff. You know, we took it on the nose in November, December. Like last year, November, December, the previous year, we were clocking. This past November, December, we moved to a new office. I don't know, man. We just took it on the nose. We've got a shitload of contracts. And I told you about this. Yeah. But we got, we overstacked these, 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 these problems and these deals. And we got so many bad contracts that it was just bogging us down, man. It was bogging us down, bogging us down. And Michael and I had to make a decision in December. We had to dismiss a lot of people that were bogging us down. And we had to make a decision and, and get rid of, a, let go of a lot of bad deals that, 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 that we had so we could breathe. And then when we did that, we, we had to unclog, we unclogged the pipe. Now we have flips going on. We still were doing credit financing. What people don't realize is when you build a wholesaling business, and, and we're not primarily a wholesaling business, we do other stuff, but it can become a monster and it can take all your time. Yep. And 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 because now you're feeding the monster data, systems, people, people with problems. You got title issues, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, uh, you gotta get the attorney to do this, get the attorney to do that. The title company's not returning calls. There's so many, so much stuff going on, and and, and so and so when I, when I, I, mean, I, I, I applaud people that that are doing a lot of deals. We do a lot of deals. I, I know what it takes to do a lot of deals. But I also know that it's not all peaches and cream. It's not. And, 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 and to be honest with you, Charles, and we had this conversation, right, where you told me how much you stack. And I was like, man, why are you doing that to yourself? Because I'd rather do less deals. Me personally. I, I'd rather do, I'd rather if I have four or five closings a month, but make 100, 200,000 on those four and five. You follow me? But they have plenty of equity. So that's why I target high equity. Now, the reach is harder because you're targeting a lot more people to get that one deal. So your cost per acquisition might go up a little bit, but I'm past over, oh, I got to do 20 deals or 30 or 40 deals or 50 deals or whatever, which by the way, we do have contracted 30 to 40 at any given time. Now, and we're growing that pipeline as, as we continue to, to get more, strategic about how we approach the leads but i'm not in a race to do more deals than anybody else i you mean know, and then and it's, it's very important you said you know for all you guys that are listening you know usually when me and ricardo are talking we're giving strategies out especially when we're doing shows we're talking about strategies today we're just talking about business you know what i what i say to everybody is this man stop trying to compete with that guy this guy that guy just do your thing you know what i'm saying do your thing, get good at it, and then double it. Do your thing, get good at it, and double it. You know, this this day, like I said, November, December, we took it right on the nose. This month, this past month, you know, we got our our, our, our huge flip that we're, we're, we're fixing. We already got on the market. We got two other flips going on. We have, uh, we're picking up a fourplex. We're picking up a duplex. We have contracts that are closing. So you got to be willing to push through, man, even the hard times. You got to be able to to understand. You got sometimes to deconstruct stuff. 
maybe deconstruct your team, maybe deconstruct your system, maybe de maybe get rid of deals that are bogging you down. It's all part of the business, man. And uh, that's why I think when I say that I'm against, you know, the yeah. flood, I'm against the motivational manipulation. You could, you know, and, and, and I don't, I hate to say what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. Well, see, what, what bothers me is, you know, sometimes people tell me, well, Charles, are you just, are you upset because some young guy is doing good? I said, no, I love that. I love that. What, 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 what I hate is when people get hurt, they come into the business with a dream and then it becomes his dream. Now you're working for somebody. Now you're a bird dog. You don't even realize you're a bird dog instead of fighting for your own dream, you're fighting for that dude's dream. And they had to pay $25,000 for it. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. If you're going to get mentored, look, we do mentoring. And, and, and I'm not judging anybody's mentoring. I get it, man. No, no, gonna, I encourage people to get mentored. Yeah. But they if you're going to get the smoke, the real smoke, that's badass. The, the part that, 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 uh, that freaks me out all the time is when you when I see people working day and night, day and night doing all this um, bluff stuff, and they forget that they got into the business to change their life. Yeah. They forget they got into the business to build uh, a portfolio for their family, and so that's that's the part that I you know that's what that's what I say that I'm not down with motivational manipulations. Yeah, they, they lose their, 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 they lose their, their North is what I call it. You know, they don't know where they're going anymore. Uh, they buy into someone else's idea. Um, but you know, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's why I like to show the real raw data. Like, Hey, this is how it's done. This is how much it sucked in July. This is how great it was in August. And the reason why these months are different is because this is what happened. That way people get prepared for, oh, okay, I didn't know there were less buyers during summertime. Well, no shit. Everybody's actually going on vacations in summer. So you're going to have a lot less buyers throughout the summer. Um, you know, another one that I love sharing is I love Christmas and New Year's because everybody goes to sleep on Christmas and New Year's. And that's when I really go out there, man, I'm just targeting more and more and more. I'm scooping everything that nobody is, is willing to target during those months, right? But anyhow, Charles Hernandez and Michael Yanas will be at the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind in Houston, Texas, April 30th, May 1st, and May 2nd. So if you guys want to be on that mastermind, we will be showing you how to build a seven-figure business how to build it, how to deconstruct it, how to build it back up, uh, because that's something that happens all the time. We're constantly building and rebuilding our business, and we have a bad-ass lineup. Uh, we actually just had a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a taste of what that looks like during the, the, the Hustle Mastermind mm -hmm. uh, in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago. That, man, I'll tell you what. So I spoke to uh, David Olds, who's actually going to be coming up also with TAG, to the to the mastermind and this okay. is what this is one thing i want to tell you charles he told me this he said ricardo nobody has ever made me feel the way you guys made me feel that weekend on that mastermind to me that that was the sign of success because you guys really put something awesome i help you with it but in reality it was your deal 
you guys went and 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 organized the restaurants you organized the 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 bus to to, to go to the to go to rosario's uh you organized the whole thing going to Shamagaucha. uh you know we stayed up in people's rooms until three four five o'clock in the morning drinking and then getting after it the next day and man when david told me that i was like man that thing was a success because really uh we did it for ourselves we didn't really do it for any anybody outside of our circle uh even though we had a few people uh join us um and for someone that it's uh, such a high caliber player like david and and, and you know like david is because tag couldn't come but david um david was the one that that attended Uh, when he said that, I said, man, that was a success because that's really what that's really what mattered to us. You know, it wasn't we didn't do it to make money. You guys didn't, especially you didn't make it to make money. You actually almost gave the damn thing away. <laughs> so which I was like, man, what are you doing? Uh, but we had a taste of that. And because I enjoyed so much the mastermind and being around all these players uh, and all the information that was poured into the room that weekend. I decided to change my event completely. I said, I got to change the whole format. This is what I want. I want I want the same energy. I want some of the same people. I wish I could have put them all in there, but we, we had to bring a lot for new, uh, for new blood, you know, to, to come into the new mastermind that I'm putting together this time with Keon uh, and where you guys are, are uh, you know, our special guests and, and, and you will be speaking there and, and showing people how this is done for real. So if you guys want to be a part of our mastermind, Uh, on the real estate entrepreneurs events and mastermind check out on the comments below there's going to be a link in there for you guys to buy a ticket for the first time nobody nobody has ever done this charles nobody we're opening the mastermind to the public so literally they're going to come in and they're going to watch us mastermind we're going to pick each other apart we're going to compliment each other and pick each other and we're going to ask the real questions what are you struggling in your business What are you succeeding with in your business? How do you solve this challenge? How do you, and man, I remember in the, in the, in the hustlers mastermind, which by the way, you're playing the video on your background is badass. Uh, I, I remember I spoke first and then I think second was uh, Tim and, 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 and uh, John Jackson. And by the time they were done, I said, that's it. My trip is, is paid for Just because just that first set of speakers, in my opinion, they literally, you know, solved a lot of my questions that I had regarding the education business. And then every other speaker that came after that, they were just throwing fire, nuggets after nuggets after nuggets. We're going to do the same thing here, the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Mastermind. Uh, we're going to have Brad Lee from Dropping Bombs. He's going to be uh, our keynote speaker for the mastermind. So I am excited because this guy has built multi-million dollar businesses. And he's got one of the top podcasts in the in the nation right now. So uh, I am honored to have you, Charles and and, and Michael, and um and and having your support uh, for putting this mastermind uh, together. And um, guys, if you guys want to come meet um, Michael and Charles, you better be there that weekend. It's gonna be. Uh, I mean, the the hustles mastermind was was great, man. But this this one you're putting together in in Houston. It's, it's, it's just going to be fire, man. And, and people who want to really learn, you know, look, man, you can go and pay, you know, a mentorship. There's a lot of people that have been, we have mentorship, Ricardo has one, but to be, to have the opportunity, you know, what I told to a few people that we didn't like, I said, look, would, what would you do to be in a room 
with guys that are actually doing this business that, that, that you would like to reach out to on social media and say, hey, how do you do this? What would you do to be in the room with them, to meet them on their own playing field, look them right in the eye, and they know that you paid to be there. They have a different type of respect for you, man, when you when you do that than when you, than when you send them a message on Facebook. Trust me, man, when you meet someone on their own level and they know that, hey, man, you paid to play, you paid to be there, you paid to hear that person talk, to mingle with them, rub shoulders with them, the, the connection is just way different, uh, Ricardo, than when you reach out to someone and say, hey, man, can you help me with this? Or, hey, you know, uh, you know, I have a question. It's just way different, man. And, and well, so- I, like I went and asked uh, uh, Jeremy, for instance, uh, out of Dallas, who attended the Hustlers uh, Mastermind with his wife. And is it Jeremy? I think his name is Jeremy. I I, I forgot. But anyhow, I asked him, I said, hey, man, do you get your value? This is towards the the end of second day. He said, Ricardo, you have no idea how much this thing has helped me because I had so many questions unanswered that I thought I was swimming in my own pool and I didn't know how to get to shore. And because of all of you guys' experiences from the last – you know, 20 years, uh, because like we had people like David and a couple of like you and you, David, and a couple of other guys, you guys been in the business for 20 plus years now um, that I see, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I said, perfect. Let me ask you another question. Will you pay to be on another mastermind like this again? And he's like, absolutely. I have no doubts because every single time that I surround myself with people that are, you know, uh, operating at a higher level, the gap in between myself and you guys gets gets closed quicker. So, this yeah. is what these masterminds are are are, are producing. Um, it is for exclusive people because you have to have money to get in there. It, this is not free or cheap, um, but we make it accessible to it doesn't break the bank. Yeah, you know, uh, I will say one thing. You know, all people that went paid to be there, and and and. Um, you know, the people we invited, actually, some additional people. We didn't want to get a whole crowd at the time. But, you know, some of the people were like, man, are you really, are you serious? I'm like, brother, I'm giving you the opportunity to talk to to millionaires who are running real deal businesses from multifamily to development to systems to social media to banks. To, you, know, we, you know, we had... Donahue there and Tommy Holt and, you know, and, and, you know, giant wholesale businesses and credit financing. I said, and you're going to, you're going to prevent yourself from being in a room with these individuals and be able to walk, talk, rub shoulders with them, have a, have a drink with them, have a cigar with them. The bonds that you create in the, in a, in a, in a, in an atmosphere like that, dude, are just way different than reaching out to somebody on social media, man. Me, if, 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 if I would have been more hip to, to, to how to do business when I was younger, I would have paid. And all these guys, actually, I would have paid a lot more. But all these guys, even, the, you know, Ricardo, you asked them. They all said, man, I would have paid a lot more to be here yep. than, 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 than what, that it was. Because it was really just to cover the cost, you know what I'm saying? And, and so this one you're doing in Houston – for people who really want to, to scale their, their mind, scale whatever they're doing, 
They, they, they want to take three or four, five, six, seven, eight years of information they would have to find on the internet or through experiences. If you want to level up and just push all that into, into a weekend and then at the same time have the opportunity to rub shoulders with people, it's a no-brainer, man. Not only that, not only that, Charles, but the, the memories that we're going to create that weekend uh, are are going to be – we're going to be talking about that weekend, just like we're going to be talking about the Hustlers Mastermind for another year. Uh, hey, you remember this. You remember when he did that. You remember what happened, you know. Like, I don't know if you know this, but uh, because of COVID, the Marriott, the hotel, was shutting everything down early. The, the bar was shut down, like, at 11. and But we were all still hanging out by the bar – and the hotel manager actually went and opened up the convenience store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we all, man, we ransacked the convenience store. It we was, were buying beer, wine, alcohol, food, you name it. I was uh, like, I was like, this is not happening, man. It was, they opened it up after hours and everybody's in there just ransacking sandwiches and chips. And everybody came back and just sat down together and just started sharing, just sharing stuff, man. You know, even like right now, like, I asked Corey, I, I, I text Corey the day, I say, hey, Corey, can you send me a copy of, of an ovation contract? I had it within minutes, you know, and, and uh, those are the type of bonds, guys, that you build when you're able to rub shoulders with someone, when you're able to talk to someone, have a drink with someone. They're going to respect you at a whole different level than when you just reach out to them on social media. Unfortunately, it's just a fact, you know. It's a fact. It's a fact. So, guys, we're inviting you to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Mastermind and uh, event and mastermind in Houston, April 30th, May 1st and 2nd. Come hang out with me and Charles and, and, and Michael and everyone else that's coming up. I will be announcing more names. Uh, Corey's definitely going to be there. Uh, he uh, He's a killer, man. He's been doing deals all over the U.S. now. Uh, with PPC campaigns. He actually dialed me in into, I have a call at 1.30 p.m. today uh, with a company that uh, they do some software for this point properties and things like that. So I'm going to be uh, checking them out. But but that's the kind of, that you're right, is the kind of bond that you create with people. Um, you know, people become one phone call away because now we got to bond, we got to meet, we got to share experiences, we got to grow a relationship. And we had a great time. I mean, by the time it was time for me to come back from San Antonio, even though I was tired because we were up all night, up all day and having fun, you know, all the time. I was like, man, I wish we would have done one extra day of more stuff, you know. Um, but um, but we planned that one at a short notice. And, and you guys did a hell of a job of pulling the, uh, the, the, the whole thing together. Your team, uh, Miguel and Sheik, they did a hell of a job putting those videos together. So um, they were just spinning out content right away, you know, as we were doing the mastermind. So it was a, an amazing experience. So anyhow, Charles, thank you so much for being here today, brother. Um, I will have you here uh, at the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Mastermind, April and May. And uh, guys, if you guys need to find Michael and Charles, they have Home Buying Home Selling Association. They have a huge Facebook group. Please go make sure that you go get on that group. Follow their page. Also find their Instagram and, and their uh, their Facebook pages. These guys are go-givers. That's one of the reasons why I like them so much is because they're not afraid of sharing their knowledge. They're not afraid of teaching people the right way, you know, and, and, and showing them the wrong way too is like which, which path do you want to go through, right? Uh, they are real. They do a lot of deals in not only San Antonio but all over the country. Um, just recently I introduced you to our title company in Tampa, Florida, cause you're doing deals there. Um, so 
you guys want to make sure you plug in with Michael and Charles because you will definitely be in the right hands when it comes to learning real estate. So with that being said, Charles, thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next one.